This is the Becoming Truth podcast with Conscious Channel Jean Christian, words of inspirational guidance for an awakening humanity. I was listening today to know how to frame this talk. First thing that came to my mind was I have a dear friend of 40 years right now who just was told two days ago that she has only several months to live. And this following only just realizing she even had an illness of any serious nature. So I'm coming into this retreat with my heart full of her. My my being full of of God. That's what came to me first in thinking about being on this physical earth today, living in our physical body. And I chose to frame or call this talk honoring honoring living in our physical form in this physical world treasuring it hard to find the right words really treasuring it being awake to the gift of it to be here in this body with these limbs, these eyes, this voice and this world as it was today here so exquisitely beautiful and whenever we're standing in the presence of dying it brings us to this this treasuring and perhaps even also questioning questioning what is this about which is what I heard my friend asking what is it about So I feel to, to listen in to what is this about? What is this life, this living in this body, this embodiment? How are we to use this to the utmost? How do we honor it fully? How do we be awake to what this is for? And this is presuming that you hold that knowledge we are a soul of ongoing duration and beingness we are a soul inhabiting a physical body that as this physical body fails to live our soul continues to live 
Our soul is an ongoing entity of beingness, perhaps a mystery in description, but it is not made of that which dies, it is ever living. So why these sojourns through this physical form, its birth, its unconsciousness of childhood, and yet perhaps its unconsciousness for the whole life? What is this for? And so guidance leads me to this. Speaking to the benefit, the merit, that which is facilitated in being embodied, life after life. First and foremost, the answer was for the, the beauty and the joyousness that creation is for the wonder, the exquisiteness, the indescribable beauty of what creation is, its order, its intimate design, its intricacy, and all that lies behind that intricacy. The vastness of it all and the wonder of all that. Did you know that every aspect of physical creation holds itself in the most synchronous, harmonious, crystalline, individual forms. This creation is an artwork of magnitude and we are that. We are that, this embodied soul, a soul existing in an embodiment that can host consciousness and intelligence and emotion, a, a form that can stream through the skill to create artwork, to play music, a form that can stream through the intelligence and the genius for invention, to understand creation itself and the universe itself. This is all the reason. This is the wonder. This is joy playing itself out in stanzas and stanzas of orchestras and plays. And that is who we are. We are meant to open to that, to awake to what we are. We're meant to awaken to what is. What is the source of our being and all beings? What is the original plan? What is held in that 
blueprint of this great artwork. We're meant to be knowers. We're meant to be awake. We're meant to walk through the physical world, fully awake to the physical world. Masters of it, artists of it, healers of it, and creators. We are a drop of the creator itself. We are made of the creator itself. We're here to wake up to who we are. And perhaps there is no concise answer to what is the purpose of that. Is there a purpose to the most beautiful artwork beyond its beauty? Is there a purpose to the most exquisite sunset? beyond its exquisiteness? Perhaps there is an answer to that. How it serves our souls to travel through the earth, the embodiments, is that in this evolution of consciousness towards being awake. We are beings of choice. Every step is a choice. Every event we are part of is a choice. And every outcome of what we've thought and ideated is a choice. To be in the slowed down frequency of universal substance, to be in this plane of being where a seed sown turns into a tree. We are in a plane of time, the slowed frequency of creation's substance. Slowed down enough we can make a choice and watch it unfold into an outcome. Slow down enough that our still undeveloped soul mind can watch and see. This choice led to that, led to that, led to that. And as we learn that every reality that we are actually in is there because we chose it. And as we learn to backtrack our life, our lives, our life, and see that sequence of choosing, we can see the corners of choice where we stood there and made the choice of one path over another. As we illuminate, we begin to see those corners and see there was that path, and then there was that one, and I chose that one. And that led to this. We recapitulate. We look back and see the series of events of our own choosing, our own conclusions. A conclusion is a choice. A belief is a choice. 
everything about you has been chosen. And everything ahead of you also. So every lifetime is a series of choices, results, outcomes, and learning. Until we master right choosing, as the Buddhist would say. As we learn to follow the Eightfold Path, the path of gnosis and knowledge, and choose spot on every time. Choose choices that lead us up into freedom, into truth, into expansion, into service. We make choices that not only serve our own peace and alignment and happiness, but choices that lead others to that as well. And then we begin to awake to our power of who we are, beings of power, beings of choice and creative principle. This is the right way to honor a life, the right way to embody a brain and a will and an emotion, and to stand here in this substance of earth with many paths. In this time of retreating, this time of deep inner listening and reflection, this is a corner a time of recapitulating, looking backwards, contemplating, knowing perhaps what choices lay in front of you, knowing to perhaps re-choose on your path. Knowing that every choice you make unfolds. Every thought you repeat, you live in its reality. Every belief you carve into your emotion and mind and way creates a reality. If you believe less of yourself, if you believe lack is within you, if you doubt your own being, you live in that outcome. You choose it. If you believe that you are a being of beauty, of light, a being of capacity, a divine principle of existence, if you believe that, that's the reality you're creating for tomorrow. That is the right use of embodiment. 
that is honoring this slow walk through the hills and the valleys of the earth. Choosing to be at peace in this fractious world, knowing that we are creators of it. The world stretches on ahead of us infinitely, just as it has behind us. Every lifetime is a corner. Choosing what to continue as building the reality of this world in humanity and what not to. You are not insignificant. You are a power. Your way of being, your actions, the path you walk has an emanation, an impact. It sets a reality for not only yourself, but others. Even if you have only a few months left, because no one has only a few months left, the greatest reality of our being is that we are souls deathless, existing right through to the end of this beautiful journey, if there is such a thing as an end. We were there at the beginning, we will be there all the way through. to guidance, listening into this subject about love, about the meaning of love, about the heart, about what this is within our embodiment, this heart, what it's for, these words that we use so easily, the heart, love, what is this? What is this aspect and this component of our complexity, our humanness, our embodiment? The heart is actually a nexus, a, a site, a node. It is actually a complex, like a portal, an energy center all these descriptives of it. It is a frequency energy node in this energy embodiment that we are and that we are made of. We are a organized complex swirl of frequencies 
we are a complexity and an orchestra of frequencies. The physical body is in general sitting in this very material level frequency. And it has a wavelength, a series of wavelengths that are all formative and sit behind this physical body. Our emotional beingness, our sensory emotional sentience is another frequency that is quite separate and quite different than the physical. And yet frequency it is, the wavelength. It's a aspect of manifestation. And as the body had its nexus, its chakra vortex, its main center of where this frequency is held and generated, so does our emotive, sensory, sensing beingness have that. Knowing that this is actually what the heart is, what is meant by heart, and in other more ancient languages, there's much different words for this vortex, this frequency center of sensing and feeling and knowing through feeling. Could we put it that way? The heart is a place of knowing through feeling, knowing through sensing, which begins then this discussion in these words on what the heart is for. It is to sense into other beings, sense into the environment that we're in, to feel into it, to gather knowledge through feeling, to sense the safety, you could say, at a more primal level, to sense the occurrences, to sense what the other being and creatures are feeling, whether it's animals or other people, to sense if they're at peace, to sense if they're angry, to sense if they are violent, to sense if they are caring or happy. We gather knowledge through our heart center. Far more than we perhaps realize, we are walking in a sea of the energy frequencies of feelings when we walk in this world, we walk amongst each other. We are knowing through feeling. So this is one function of this organ, this sensory organ of the heart. The heart is also a place of emanation, of giving forth. We can give forth distrust. We can emanate judgment. We can emanate peace. And we can emanate love. So the most highest frequency of this center is love. The strongest, widest, greatest reaching emanation of this heart is love.
It is much like visualizing a door. A door that can be partly open, halfway open, fully open. The heart is a door, a portal that emanates and that pours forth. We pour forth through our heart into others when it's an open door. We enter into others. We enter into the landscape that we're in when we love it. We flow from our being. We are not confined to this bubble. We flow out into our landscape and we flow out into others when we love. The heart is the place of unifying with others, merging with others, where they emanate or flow into us and we emanate and flow into them. We merge. In the heart there is no truth to isolation or to singular separation, unless, of course, the heart door is kept firmly shut. The heart door doesn't like to be shut. It's not meant to be shut. Perhaps it's meant to be guarded at that animal level. An animal that doesn't trust its environment and doesn't trust the other creatures around is keeping their sensory organs guarded. And in the complexity of the human being, this can be a very fine-tuned development, this guarding, these barriers and these protections. So yes, this human being can walk around in an isolation very easily and very separated from others. But the heart is not meant for that. The heart is meant to be a place where we are part of, shall we say, the universe. We are, part, we are meant to be part of it all. We are meant to exist knowing that we are part of it all. As we flow in the stream of loving frequency, loving energy, we are enhancing, expanding others. When we love another, we expand them and enhance them. We feed them and grow them like a beautiful plant. And as we receive it in return, so does it occur for us. We are relational beings in relationship, in bigger and bigger circles, bigger and bigger understanding. We are meant to be in relationship with each other. We're meant to be in relationship with the creatures in this earth, the plants the seas, the airs, we're meant to be in relationship to the stars. We're meant to be in relationship to the source of it all. We are relational. And our heart is our center, our center of this relational, direct experiencing. Love is a direct experience. It isn't mediated by mind. It, it isn't worded. It is direct experience and feeling.
the higher knowledge to contemplate and to walk with here is that through the open door, through the heart that knows itself and knows how to love and be loved, we are actually building and developing consciousness in others. When we love our children, we are building them. It's easy to know that one. But it is also by loving your friends. And it's by loving, could we say, your enemies. It's by loving everyone. And loving doesn't mean thinking they're beautiful, thinking they're nice. It doesn't mean what we would simply think love means. Love means to hold a deep, honoring respect for their very existence, that they are equal and made of the same substance, the same material, they come from the same source, they hold the same potential, and the same capacity that we do. To love others is to love ourselves because they are as we are. There is not as much great difference as the mind would think. The source of all beings, the actual configuration and reality of all human beings is similar. We see what our narrow vision would see. We create judgments on others and create more narrow vision. We create judgments that make us not love and we can create other judgments that make us do. But none of that's true. For the one that you didn't love has untapped realms of beauty and possibility within them that are just like the untapped realms in yourself. It is by opening the heart door in love to those ones where we could begin to see that and have most astounding realizations of what that person really is. We grow them. We help them open their consciousness of themselves when we love them. The teachings of the Masters and the teachings of the Christ is don't just assume love to those that love you. It is truly a love to be learned that you love those that don't love you. That you love those that perhaps don't even know how to love or that have never experienced it. Those are the ones to love. Simply put in, love your enemy. What is an enemy? An enemy is a person who's holding a rigid unconsciousness or is caught in a trauma, caught in an anger, caught in a story that doesn't free them to be all they are, that would hold 
judgment upon you and makes it harder for you to be all you are. Therefore, the animal response is to pull away, to perhaps hate, to go on guard, to create barriers, to avoid. Close the heart door. What would it feel like to open the heart door to someone like that? What would the reason be? The reason would be to know and to decide that all beings have potential. All beings are made of the same intelligence, the same source, the same well of grace deep within them. Each person has multiple stories within them and behind them and ahead of them. Being careful, we don't just look at one story and think that's all they are. By knowing that they are so much more than they present, that they've given us, that somewhere deep within them they are also a child of the universe, a child of the one source of the infinite unnameable presence, that they also hold the spark of divinity within them. This is what love is. This is the task of love. This is the strength of the heart that knows how to keep its door open even in the storms, even in the dark places. The heart is a jewel in everyone. And everyone's heart wants to be loved. No matter what they think and believe and what patterns they may have created of defense. The heart is vulnerable to love. It is both made of love and needs to be given the nutrition of love. It is the window of opportunity in this human race, in this human being. It is the seed of yearning. It is the way home. It's the heart that will save the world. It is the heart that will save every being that is lost. Because the heart yearns for beauty, and it yearns for freedom. It yearns to be loved, and it yearns to be in unity. It yearns not to be alone. It yearns to be held. And so the task of the wise, the task of the evolving ones that are choosing this, is to give that, to give that unity, that acknowledgement, that respect, to give that nutrition, wherever possible. And in so doing, one learns the strength of keeping the portal open wider and wider to existence, to life, to the earth, to the whole fabric of this whole creation, knowing that by keeping this door open, this portal widening more and more, 
we can directly experience the beauty, the, the joy, even we could say the bliss of being conscious embodiments, heart-based, intelligence-based embodiments that have moved and lifted from the animal frequency of protection and barriers and guardedness, of separation, of fear. We are souls of magnitude. We are designed and mapped for a magnitude of beauty, of potential, of an intelligence that takes in the whole creation and feels it and loves it and serves it. retreat thus far, we have focused on ourselves as physical embodiments, honored our bodies, felt our physicality on the earth, grounding to just being here in this place. We moved into our heart, into our emotional nature, our emotional self, honoring that we are heart-based beings, that we are feeling beings, that we feel life, we feel each other. Honoring that we are beings designed to love, and that the heart itself is a portal to emergence, living in others, living in the landscape of life, not being isolated. Today, we lifted in this ascending order our awareness to mind. Softly hearing, perhaps trying to step back from mind, just a breath, a moment, being the watcher and the witness and watching the mind as though watching a stage. The purposing of this is to, to be free, not defined by body, by emotion, by mind, to not be identified fully in those areas, but know that they are our gifts, they are 
our rich treasures for us to learn through, evolve through, and use. So what is it then living with the mind? What is it that we can hear and know more? The mind is a magnum opus of beingness. The mind is a site, a place, a vehicle for awareness, intelligence, a place to know, for all knowledge to pass through. The capacity of mind is for all knowledge to pass through. The human being is designed for this mind that is capable for knowledge. For the most refined and developed intelligence. Mind sits in animals as well but it sits at a more rudimentary level as we all know the mind is a window where we glimpse our source we are designed in the image in the intention of our source we are embodiments of that absolute. And we are designed as expressions, vehicles of that absolute. Embodiments that are meant to know who they are, where we've come from, what we're about, that is the capacity of this amazing human being. Our minds are powerhouses. They are vast in their mapping. And where are we now with mind in humanity? Humanity has been evolving through epochs, through eras, through ages. Humanity has held great consciousness in the past and capacity of knowledge. It has dipped into very low conscious times. It waves up and down through the ages spiraling ever onward to creating the most refined blend of this embodiment, sentience, intelligence, and the absolute understanding of the infinite.
spiraling into this evolution through all these ages, both remembered and non-remembered. And where is humanity now? As it walks with this powerhouse organ, this powerhouse capacity of mind. This is not a simple answer, but we can give words to the human being at present is misusing mind only in that it identifies so fully with mind, with emotion, and with body, that it thinks it is nothing else but that. The human being is living in an isolation of this mind, feeling inwardly autonomous. There's nothing more than I am here, nothing more than this lifetime, nothing more than my need to succeed, to gain the most for myself and the others around me. The human being is entangled in a small picture of what mind is, what its existence is. This is what we mean by misuse. Using the intelligence, the acuity, the force of mind for self-protection, country protection, family protection. Gaining for oneself over the loss in another. Viewing existence as temporary with some dim concept of the eternal nature without it being a truly understood concept of God, of the infinite. mind operating in the small sphere, blended with animal characteristics. A dangerous duo. For what is the animal doing with its mind and its emotion? Self-protection. Gain for itself. Separating itself from other species and even other groups of its own kind. When this magnificent, powerful human mind operates at that animal level, it's a dangerous duo. The intelligence for weaponry. the intelligence for dominance. The carelessness for other species, for others in its own kind. Walking with the mind means it needs to be understood for what it was created for.
It was created for and has the capacity to know the universal whole, the biggest picture possible. This human mind has the capacity to build a pyramid based on the mathematics of the universe. That is what's your capacity. Every mind here, every mind hearing is mapped with that capacity to know its source, to know its ultimate reality of being. And so the human being is evolving, spiraling forward, seeking such greater knowledge more and more, listening to the teachers of the past and the present. The world is enlightening as we speak, and the human being is awakening even now. And yet we speak to you, each one of you, for that's where the work is done in each human being. Each one of you, everyone you see, is of equal magnificence, all mapped for the full capacity of realization. This is the message of the Buddha. All of you, Every one of you, this is the way. The map the Buddha left was for everyone. Step by step, transforming the patterns of belief, knowing that the mind is a creative instrument of great power, the human being is mapped to be a creator and does create already. But more than imagining a construction and then manifesting it, the human being is a creator of realities. Grasping this, knowing that you are creating your reality by the thoughts you repeat and choose to have by the wolf you feed. You create your future and the future for those that you care for by what you hold in your mind repeatedly and what you choose to believe and to do what you believe. And in that, you have the capacity to transform your very self, no matter what trauma you have lived with. You can change that. You can recraft and reshape your very being by what you hold in your mind. 
by not giving up and going into defeat, not believing there is no purpose to this humanity destroying its world, not getting caught in the small picture and not agreeing to being caught in the small picture of the generalized human state. The mind is the programmer of the emotion. The mind is the programmer of the physical body through the emotion. The path is to go into lifted mind, higher mind, opening the mind to the soul, opening the mind to the spiritual nature of your greater being and beyond, being informed, being programmed by that most refined, highest aspect, which is where we will go tomorrow. That which is eternal, enduring, and most true in definition of who you are. The captain of this ship sits in a very high place with the biggest picture possible. informing the mind, which informs the sentience, which informs the body. So to close this, it is through the subtle skills of meditation and yoga, one learns to choose how to use mind, how to walk with mind, how to choose moment by moment, day by day, how to not be choiceless when an emotion hits you or when a fear, when someone is telling you a belief that is hard to hear, a terrible story, they're in depression or anger, to have the skill within your own being to center, to move into a higher focus within, to open to truth within, to choose to emanate compassion to them but only choose to believe what comes from your highest sense of rightness and truth. The wise is not affected by praise or blame. The wise is not defined by others, only by the highest principle of their own soul's identity. The mind then becomes a beautiful, clear, 
window that opens to its full capacity for intelligence and creation. to this all that I am in its truest meaning. We're opening and bringing our, our intention, our focus into ourselves as spiritual beings. Whatever that really means to each of you who hears that. Souls of an eternal nature Presence beyond your name, your character, your present life shape. And any words one tries to give to this fall short, it's a non-worded experience and reality. It is the essence of what's in your eyes, in everyone's eyes. It is the sweet presence, the emanation of beingness that you feel within you and you feel from others. The soul, the atma, the spirit, the essence is not a vague, inaccessible, distant. It is what you most are. It's what your heart is based on, your dreams are aiming to. It's what animates your very body and animates your mind. It is your animation. It is life force itself. In our process of learning and becoming and being, we learn to identify ourselves as that, as this higher-natured soul, that is beyond our emotional story, beyond where our mind goes, beyond our body's aging, beyond our body's death, beyond all the definitions that are so very human-based, linear. The words I want to go into to precede what we're doing today is words on the language of this higher self, this higher place within us. 
prayer, devotion, inspiration, and back to the word prayer. Prayer in its most pure definition is moving your awareness to a place of such high intention, a place in you that dreams for goodness and wellness, for freedom for yourself or others, the place that seeks beauty unfolding, happiness present, wellness replacing illness, and freedom replacing bondage. In this long history of human being, prayer is associated with praying to God, to God's externalizing the infinite, externalizing the sense of power, agency for change, not realizing that the infinite, that highest principle of beingness is within us, as well as beyond us. By prayer we move into that. We set in place the creative thought. We put it into motion, set it into the beginning of creating a reality. We speak to that highest principle, that highest aspect of beings in others and beyond, beyond the human definition. By praying for another, we send that message into their higher aspiration and being. We ring a bell and call them forth into more freedom, more resonance, into their higher self. We set up a whole system of interplaying, energy moving by prayer for our own story, our own lives, for others. Prayer is real. And it's not real because an outside force is listening to you. It's real because that is being created by you, by your movement into your deepest heart, into your most exquisite place of intelligence and yearning. And so we can let go of the word prayer. We can call it setting in motion a mantra, as we did yesterday, 
an affirmation, a highly charged positive belief statement. Call it what you will. Be free to call it what you will. But don't be bound by calling it what it isn't. What it is historically, what it sets up in you to even consider the higher order of presence within and without. This is a universe of presence, of order, self-perfecting through evolution. <laughs>